the cross there is forgiveness at the cross there is relief from the sin that would condemn you from the pain of unbelief there the son of god was crucified so that captives could the title of the message is spiritual amnesia spiritual amnesia before we go into the text and i got you there this is a classical text, been preached on many, many times, so many different angles. It's amazing about classical texts, uh, why they are. Uh, you, you understand in literature there's such a thing as the classics, the scarlet letter. The, 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 they call them classics because no matter what generation they're brought up in, everybody in that generation, pretty much a majority of that generation says, wow. This is a phenomenal work. Shakespeare. I mean, you read some of those plays of Shakespeare, and I've read all the plays of Shakespeare. Uh, I have the book, about that thick. And uh, I can tell you, it's his, he played with language like a cat plays with a mouse. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable some of those plays. The, the uh, intricacy and the depth of plot and how he got them to, I mean, just unbelievable. It's a classic. Whatever generate music's that way. Mozart, uh, Beethoven. Some of these some of these songs go on generation after generation after generation because every generation that comes up and listens to them says, "These that's a masterpiece. That's phenomenal. I'd say classic. That's what this passage is. Uh, these two verses in thirteen and fourteen. When a Christian's reading through his Bible, you're reading through the Book of Philippines. That may be my new name for this book, Philippians. As you're reading down through that, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now, for a guy like Paul, I mean, you're talking about a man who had been through it. I mean, every way possible as a Christian. This one thing I do, that has to grab you. That just has to grab you. I mean, you have to start. You have to stop and say, "What in the world? I better, I better print this on my forehead. This one thing, out of all of those other, of this one thing, I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus." The vast majority of Christians, and I've been able to meet at least, are struggle in some way or name or form with bad memories. Uh, especially those people who got saved later in life and have not gone out into the, you know, who've gone out into the world and committed wickedness and trespass before they came to Jesus, uh, who did harmful things to other people and evil things before they got saved. Not that people that... Let me say this. Everybody is a sinner of horrible proportions. There's none righteous. No, not one. But there is a difference between um, committing sin mentally but, and then going out and physically committing it. There's a deeper scar. When you commit sin mentally, it's between you and God. When you commit sin mentally and then go out and commit it, you now, have in, you now have brought in other people. Like the ripple effect of a stone hitting a, a smooth lake, 
it hits and then there's ripples of consequences go out. And so the people that weren't saved till later in life often have committed unbelievable ripples in their lives, harmed people, uh, said things that were just so, so harm. You know, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's, you know that's a lie. It'd be better to have sticks and stones, but words really do harm you. Go to the innermost part of your being. And so, uh, even though these people, you get saved later in life, you repent, and you mean it. Yet, oftentimes, folks are harassed by bad, bad memories. I don't know if this happens to you or not. I have a hunch it does, but I wake up a lot of times. I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I'm awake because what I was dreaming, I don't want to keep dreaming. I have gotten up after a dream and gotten beside my bed on my knees and said, God, forgive me for that even going through my mind. It is polluting me going through my mind. It's that bad. Um, people don't share those things. I mean, I share them with my wife to some degree. Uh, but most time, people will never share it outside of the most inner circle of their life. Uh, sometimes I wake up stressed out of my mind, just stressed out of my mind. I was having migraines for years. One of the reasons I believe I have migraines is because of stress dreams. I would have a spike in my blood pressure, and that blood pressure would trigger the migraine. I started taking this medicine, uh, Corvetidol or whatever it is, and at night, I take it at night so that it stops those spikes in my blood pressure at night, and strokes mostly happen at night. And that's partially because you can have these stress dreams your blood pressure will go up, you're asleep, but you're, it's just like you're going through it. And man, I've woken up from some of those dreams of sweat, and I said, whew, man, that's tough. Kathy woke up the other morning, she said, man, I'm glad to get up, I was working all night. And it's the kind of work you don't do, for some reason in a dream, it's not a like, well, I did a great job. It's that your boss is unreasonable. Can you imagine that? And that you don't do it quite the way he wants you to do it. And it isn't quite good enough. And it never, and, and also things come up that you just, it's like you try to run, but your legs are heavy. You know, in a dream, you know, you try to run, you got some dog chasing you, and you're, you're like, you're like, you can't, you try to, and really what it is, your body has a mechanism when you sleep, it freezes you. It freezes your body to where you can't move too much. And I think you're trying to move, but you can't. Um, if that didn't happen, you'd be in trouble. One time I was dreaming, I was in a fist fight, and we were newly married. I wasn't used to having somebody with me in bed, obviously, right? And so my wife's over on my left side here, and I swung at the guy, and I must have awakened, and my fist went right over her nose and hit the wall. And I mean, I hit it hard. I mean, I woke up, I was just like, oh man, I think I broke my hand. She said, man, I'm glad you didn't hit me in the nose, break my nose. Of course, nobody would have believed it. You know, she said, I got this black eye because my husband was dreaming and hit me. You're going to believe that? I've heard some good ones. I saw one woman, one married woman with a black eye, and I said, what happened? She said, oh, I fell and hit the door now. But I said, right. Her husband hit her and gave her a black eye.
The Bible gives us some hint to the trouble that I'm mentioning. I believe Paul suffered greatly from memories of the past. I have, I have reason to believe that. He suffered greatly. He, was a, he of his own words, was a, a persecutor of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. He suffered from these past evil acts he did. I'm talking about acts of killing people. In Acts chapter 26, verses 9 through 11, if you want to turn there, fine. Otherwise, let me read it. He said, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And they were, when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. They put somebody to death. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. Ooh, whoa, being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them under strange cities. I drove them. And when I caught them, we beat them, we imprisoned them, and even put them to death. You don't think that would hurt you at night? You don't think that would be come back on you? And man, people that have trauma often will say that they, they dream about it. Uh, war is one of those things that my dad would dream about the islands and the Japanese and the, the uh, bonsai charges at night where they'd be in foxholes and the Japanese would crawl in their belly with a knife in their, in their teeth and try to kill you, and they, all, they were sacrificing themselves. They, they knew they weren't, the Japanese knew they weren't coming back. They, weren't, they were going to kill you or die. Every night for months and months and months. And so when he came home from that, he would dream those things and go through them, and Lorraine felt unsafe even being in the room with him. At one time he grabbed her and almost choked her to death. And uh, so, I mean, people suffer from just common things, but we're talking spiritually now. You get born again. You get born again. You, you've, you've, you've been in sin. You've done things that you regret. But you can't go back and change them. Things have happened to you. And by the way, this doesn't even need to be, need to be bad things that you did. It can be bad things that people did to you. We just had a missionary whose uh, wife was uh, attacked by eight men in Papua New Guinea. And now... They tried to go back, and, and her memories and things are so hard that she couldn't stay there, and now they're back in Oklahoma. They're off the mission field permanently. And their marriage is in trouble. And what is that all from? The incident's long over. That's what Paul's talking about. You got to get a grip. On your mind. You have to have a grip on your memories. I don't think we can allow the devil just to go tromp all over us in this area, or we will not be effective for God. Uh, Paul's attitude of himself uh, after he did these horrible things in churches, we find it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, where he says, Unto me who am less than the least of all the saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles in search of the riches of Christ? 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles. 
I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Bringing it up. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 16, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering. Why? For a pattern. To them which should hereafter believe on him to have Everlasting life everlasting. Peter, you don't think Peter struggled? Peter the apostle, the head of Pop Peter, James, and John, man, he was the head of the three, the inner circle. But what did Peter do? I won't deny it no matter what these old sissy boys do. And man, he denied a little girl. God used a little girl to put fear in him. A big old, I think Peter's probably a big old burly, rough guy, you know, fisherman, dragging nets his whole life, probably muscular tanned. He probably had a uh, basal cell. Oh, I don't see how they lived. They didn't have sunscreen. Sunscreen will probably come out years down the road where sunscreen creates some other sort of a liver cancer or something. How did we live without sunscreen? I'm over. But anyway, <laughs> Peter, he had to wake up at night sweat, soaking wet a few times. He relived that little girl saying, do you know this guy? No, I don't know him. Why are you asking? Well, you got an accent like a Galilean. Or, or, he, he is one of them. I, we saw him with him. Listen, blankety blank, blank. I don't know him. Wow. And then Jesus, this is a topper. Jesus looks over. Only God could make this happen. Jesus glances over at him, and he glances at Jesus. Their eyes meet. Boom. Oh, I did just exactly what you said I was going to do. I'm going to deny it. Then he heard the crow. Every time, it's been said every time a rooster crowed, a chill went down Peter's spine. Bad memories. Bad memories. So what can you do about the harassment of past failures? Folks, we've all failed. We've all got some bad things in our past, some failures in our past. How can we deal with these? First, like the men mentioned, but I just mentioned, you can use them for the glory of God. Let me give you a few ways to overcome it. Number one, use them for the glory of God. After true confession and humble remorse, use the bad things that have happened to you, whether you did them or they happened to you, for God's glory. Help others to avoid the pitfall you fell in. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. By the comfort that you've been comforted of God, comfort other folks. The Nichols, in that horrible tragedy that that woman suffered, she if she reacts the way the Apostle Paul tells the, the Philippian Christians here to do, then you will find that she will overcome it. She'll be asked to speak at women's meetings of, of how she's overcome and how God is good and he can, he can heal. If she don't, they'll end up in divorce. Comfort those who fall. 
to repent, get back up, move forward. Encourage those that God is able to take broken pieces of a failure or a trouble and turn around and responsibility. We've had four or five women in this church uh, years ago who were sexually abused by, you know, relatives and uncles and aunts and all these other people. Not aunts, but uncles and sometimes dads, sometimes stepdads, sometimes uh, cousins. 30-some-year-old women get up and confess that they had been sexually abused as a child and that they wanted to get it out of the closet and they wanted to face it and they wanted to forgive everybody involved. Brother, that is true revival. That's true revival. For when the old devil comes by their house after that, they say, hey, I went public, man. Everybody knows that you got nothing on me. We need to use our pain rather than be overcome by it. Secondly, for the memories that are just out there to destroy you, I think we got to obey this verse. I think you just have to willfully and, and, and uh, with an act of the will, uh, by the grace of God, do one thing. Forget. Now, I understand that it's hard to forget. Paul's referring to the harassment here from the devil himself. See, the devil comes by with what I call a, 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 a conviction that is to defeat you, conviction that is to depress you, conviction that is to rob you of your energy, conviction that wants to make you quit for the, on the cause of Christ. The memories that the devil brings up uh, for you are to raise guilt rather than a spirit of, I've been restored by the grace of God. See, the Holy Spirit, how do you know the difference between the Holy Spirit and the devil is? The devil comes to destroy you by what he brings up. God brings up stuff to reinforce you and the, and the power of God. The devil reminds you to rub it in and to defeat you. The Holy Spirit reminds you to use it for his glory, and so we can go around bragging on Jesus how I used to be this or used to be that or this happened to me, but by the grace of God, I've overcome. Well, there's songs written about this. This is forgiving, and for, I think forgetting here, if I may say, is a continual act. This one thing I do. I continually, I wish I could tell you once for all I can forget something, but I can't. But when the old memory comes by me, I can say, that is under the blood. And, or if it's some tragedy that's happened to me, I can say, God had that happen to me so that I'd be a better Christian. There's been things happening in my life that I know God just had happened to me to make me a better Christian. And oftentimes in the midst of those things, I've said, God, if this is what it takes for me to be a better Christian, I praise you for it. Right now, Smitty's had a long battle with back pain. But somehow or another, Brother Smitty, that's to make you a better Christian. And when that's gone, tell people that. Brag on it. You heard all I said, didn't you? When it's gone. God is able to help you. I, I think the sooner we get it, the sooner that by the grace of God it can be gone. I believe this is a daily decision, maybe moment by moment type decision for getting those things which are behind. It's a regular combat that we're on. You will 
You will be finally relieved when God wipes away tears. I know that. You couldn't be in heaven with these bad memories. These bad memories have to go bye-bye eventually. The Holy Spirit is going to come by, and he's going to wipe away that, those bad memories, that, those, those bad experiences, those things that tend to want to, and he's going to take them away. The Bible says every tear will be wiped. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. You're not going to wake up in the cold sweats like I've woken up in so many times. And I've woken up and just spent 10, 15 minutes thanking God it wasn't real. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That wasn't real. You will, you will not but forget in totality that these things have happened until Jesus comes and takes them. So in the meantime, we use them. And we don't let the devil harass us with, with things that God has long forgiven us. I think of Psalm 51, 2 through 4, David, man, he has some tough memories to face. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Well, he had to think of that a lot. Thirdly, forget, forgetting involves, I believe, a proactive mode. It says there in that verse, reaching forth. Reaching forth. Look at that. Look at that. I press toward the mark. Reaching forth in verse 13. And in verse 14, I press toward the mark. The word press means to strain, to strain as a runner, it would be straining with your chest out So because the first, thing, the first person who crosses the line wins. But to be really seriously seeking God, to be really seriously seeking the, th seeking the things of God, proactively seeking God, uh, it gives us purpose. Um, if you try to float in this Christian life, it's death. Inactivity is fatal. Stepping back away from Christ and the things of God is terminal. Uh, it, it, you must, the only way to survive as a Christian is to move forward. When my dad hit the beach and the, the LST, uh, the bullets were hitting the metal on the LST, and he knew that when that went down, you know, there was nothing to hit but them. And that thing went down and dropped in the water, and he said the water was over chest deep with 90 pounds of equipment on They all jumped in. And of course, how fast can you run in this deep, in the, you know, the, and the water, he says, is alive with bullets hitting it. And he, you're trying, and <laughs> he said, it was move or die, move or die. He said, we got, we moved, well, you went forward into the fire because the ship was back that way, and if you went that way, you drowned. So there was only one way to go. And as a born-again Christian, there's no going back. I don't want to live the Christian life. You're born in the family of God, brother. You're going to experience it one way or another. Now, you backslide. God's going to take you. He's going to chastise you. He's going to make you wish you obeyed. I would rather obey without the whipping. How about you? I'd rather obey without the scourging uh, as a child of God. We need to reach forth. We need to press forward. Um, we need to be all over what it is to be a Christian, stretching ourselves for good, seeking something real and spiritual, getting a ministry that you can fill your mind with. Oh, this is really good. 
An empty, it's been said, an empty, idle mind is the devil's playground. How many heard that? Your grandma and grandma, somebody told you, oh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. It's the truth. You got to fill your mind. Let me say this. Your mind's going to be filled with something. Did you know your mind works all night? If you don't have any brain waves, which sometimes when I preach, I have wondered about some. But when you don't have any brain waves, you're dead. You're dead. If you get in an accident and get in a coma, they check your brain waves. No brain I've been to the hospital where there's no brain waves on a guy. I had a stroke in cerebral cortex, 53-year-old, 53-year-old guy. Stroke in cerebral cortex, no brain activity. His body was healthy, on you know oxygen, breathing, in good shape. But he wasn't there. His brain was gone. And, and, and otherwise, your brain's moving. Your brain's moving. You're, you got, I thought at night, your brain's act, act. I thought about that the other day. I got up. I was in, I think a lot of things in the shower. I don't know what it is. Beside the hot water song. And I was in the shower thinking, man, it's ama- we're amazing creatures. Our brain won't rest. Our body needs to rest, but our spirit don't need rest. We don't need to sleep. Our spirit don't need sleep. And you, you're an eternal being. Con- eternally. By the, God's going to get it, or eternally conscience. The Bible says there's no night in the New Jerusalem. You're not going to sleep. Your new mansion's not going to have a bedroom. You ever thought of that? You're not going to have a bedroom in a new man. You ain't going to need to lay down and sleep. You're going to be continually and constantly in action. Glory to God. Have you ever been doing something you really like to do and wished it would never end? How many have had that experience? Man, I've gone down on a boat with the blue water, still blue water, top to bottom visibility. If we found a new spot, never been there before, got my equipment on, went over to the side. When you hit the side, you could see the layout of it. And as you got closer and you began to, you began to lower, you slowly go down, you began to see these little tentacles. There was a, they were here, they were there, they were there, they were there, they were there, they were there. Everywhere you saw, there were lobster. And then there was a you know, 15, 20-pound red grouper, a 20, 30-pound black grouper. Uh, we had snapper everywhere. And, and you go down there and you go, oh, that this could last forever. I'm cheap, I know it. The man is a hunter, and I am a hunter. As a hunter, this is just the dream of dreams. And the next five, six hours, you spend nothing but catching lobsters and spearing fish, brother. And that's a beautiful thing. Or if you're ever going out door to door witnessing, and the first house you stop by, the person said, Boy, I wish it's some. I'm glad you came by because I've been wondering about this. I'd like to know more about Jesus. Do you know about him? This happened to me. This is real. Led that person to Christ. You know, just rejoicing beyond belief. More than any lobster I ever caught, for sure. And then was with somebody, and we would say, let's go to the next house. And led the girl in the next house to Christ. She met us. Uh, she had about two or three little rugrats and children. And, uh, I mean, the children, they were all dirty. You know, you really know a country, a, a country girl's kids, because the kids got green coming out the, the nose, and and they, and, and, they, and they got their little pants on, but they don't have nothing else, and they're filthy dirty, but they're happy. Kids like that are happy. 
And the mother comes out, and she's got one here, one here, two or three there. And she comes out, how can I help you? And I talk to her about Jesus, and man, the conviction came on an old girl. It wasn't old when she went in her 30s, and then she got saved. And I just said, man, I wish this never ended. Went to the third house. Three people got saved. Three houses in a row. I told the guy, it don't get better and it never has. I've never duplicated that. It never happened again, but at least it happened once. And I thought, boy, if this could last. Boy, oh boy, if I could see people saved like this, I'd be just walking on water. But God is going to wipe away every bad memory and every wicked thought and every bad thing that comes and harass us one day, and they will be permanently gone. Until then, they will. We're going to have to fight this war. And that's why Paul said, which had fought that same war, said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'm going to reach forward. Folks, you need to keep your mind busy for the things of God. You and I need to keep our hands on the plow that God has given us. Get a ministry in which you're telling somebody about Jesus and stick with it till you die and, or stick with it till you can't talk anymore uh, and, and, and do the will of God. Stay in the Word of God. Come to church and hear the preaching of God. Be involved in the local ministry until, uh, until Jesus said, come home. That is one of the secrets here of overcoming the negativity of life. And there's a lot of negative in life. Everyone, the other night I was, I, I made a mistake. And I watched YouTube on the Las Vegas shooting. I went to YouTube and I watched, uh, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of, of cameras at, you know, because everybody now has got a camera. And it's the most uh, recorded, probably the most recorded crime ever committed. It's recorded from every angle. It's recorded from down the street. It's recorded from up in the motel. It's recorded. They're starting to come in. These people are turning their YouTubes in or their, their videos in. And I sat there and watched about 20 minutes worth of the YouTube in, and I went to bed. Oh, that was a mistake. I went to bed. You know, and I, I just I got up, walked around, thought, oh, no. I put that in my mind. Now I, I was remorsing, thinking about being, you know, people being, and I, I thought, Bill, when are you going to get it? When are you going to get it? You can't fill your mind with that and they expect to go to bed and have peace. You got to read the Bible. You got to read a Christian book. You got to have something that's more peace. How about you before you go to bed? Man? Don't have a big old argument before you go to bed. Don't do it. Now in the morning, go for it. <laughs> I know I'm probably very lonely when I say this. Once in a while in my marriage, I would get in, a, in an argumentative mood. And I would, uh, for some reason, my wife didn't see it the way I saw it. Can you imagine that? And I, I would spend three, four hours 
trying to persuade her to see it my way. And she'd say, I'm tired. I got to go to work tomorrow. I said, we're staying up till we get this done. You know, two in the morning, I don't care. We're going to stay up all night long. We're going to beat this thing. Well, for sure, and she just agrees because she wants to go to bed. And do you ever really win one of those? No. So I tell you that, so don't do it. I hope I don't go home tonight and do that. But anyway, uh, that's when I was young and foolish, brother. Young and foolish. But I mean, we'll forget it. Folks, I have spoken to people that literally have lost their, almost, and, and really, they've lost their mind. Because of harassment of past memories. Or harassment of an event that happened to them. This is as serious as it gets. For Paul to say this one thing I do, man, it's got to be big. You need to stay in the Word of God on a regular basis. Keep your mind full. You know, sometimes, have you ever done this? I'll quit with this. Have you ever gone to bed and the devil brings an old rock song to you? Once in a while, I'll get ready to go to bed and a rock song starts going through my mind because, you know, I, I, I put it in. Once you put it in, it's there. An old rock song will start going through my mind. And I'm not even going to try to bring one up or another one will come. And a rock song, so I'll think, well, that's, you know, that's just, that's just junk passing through my mind, you know, it's polluted somewhat, so I'll, I'll start singing, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, and then, uh, you know, that song will come up, you don't have what you want, but you get what you need or something, and uh, I'll go, man, I don't want that in there, you know, I don't want that in there, I, oh, victory in Jesus, then I'll hear Mick Jagger again. And then, uh, you know, you'll fight that battle, man. I mean, I'll fight that battle for like 45 minutes, getting back and forth, that old song. In the morning, I get up and shower, that hits me again. You think we, you think we get attacked? You think the devil, there's an active war going on? You know it's true. There's a war for your mind, man. But I'm going to tell you, I've given my mind to Christ. I've given my body to Christ, my mind to Christ, my spirit to Christ, and you can win this war. You decide to fill your mind with Scripture verses. Oftentimes, I win those battles by beginning to quote Scripture, but not just a Scripture. you got to have, like, Psalm 23, Psalm 8, uh, a lot of Psalm 34, some Psalm 37. You may want to quote Psalm 90. You may want to quote, and you start quoting them long passages. You know, Pastor, I was going to call him Dr. Cronin. Brother Tom Cronin told me one day, he says, brother, I get harassed. He says, I start quoting scripture. I said, brother, that's it. There ain't no secret other than that. Quote the scriptures. And reach forth to those things which are in front of us. Let's get involved. Let's keep involved. Let's stay involved until Jesus says no. Father, help us tonight. Help us. Help us. Deliver us. Boy, if you delivered us over to Satan, he would, he would make us want to just scream and run around crazy. But, Father, you protect us. You hedge about us. You've told us how to overcome it. God forbid that we'd put bad stuff willfully and wantonly in our minds. Help us to keep a mind that is set on the things of God. Think on those things which are above. Help us, Father. As it says in Philippians 4.8, 
Those six things that we keep our mind focused on. May it be so. Father, help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.